Welcome everybody to the Tag Your It podcast. I am Ray Ray. I am Dave, and we are here with. My name's Brett. Yes, we got Brett on here, and so just to let you know, a storm has come rolling on the Tag Your It podcast. So this is awesome that we have have Brett with us today. Um, if you've seen um, all the videos from the uh, annual meeting of the Southern Baptists this year, this is the exegete. Um, that stood behind, um, I'm thinking it was, uh, was it Dr. Branch or something? So you got to speak after Dr. Branch yeah. and uh, there's, you're memeable and it's awesome because we love memes on our podcast. So if you've become a meme now, uh, we have a living meme on our podcast. It's great. <laughs> a small circle meme, but hey, meme nonetheless. Yes. Anyway, anyway, yeah. Circle. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, guys, like, uh, thank you so much for uh, just uh, being a part of the Tag Your podcast. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for your grace. Uh, we have been through a lot uh, since really things have been building up. Storm's been brewing on, on us anyway for a while. Um, but uh, Dave has now moved to Kansas and uh, he has taken his pastorate up in Lynn Valley. And so this is the way it's going to be uh, on the Tag Your Podcast from now on is uh, we're going to be taking this little Zoom meetings, uh, interviewing people. Uh, it'll, there'll be a lot of shows that's just me and Dave with the content that we um, bring together. Um, but this is the way it is now, but uh, that's the awesome thing about, uh, you know, the uh, hope of the future that God uh, has brought people together. We can use technology um, for his glory and for his fame. And that's what the Tag Your It podcast has been all about the whole time. Anyway, podcasting, getting on YouTube and all that stuff and claiming every corner for the uh, Lordship of Jesus Christ anyway. So um, we hope that uh, we continue to be edifying. Uh, we're getting to the end of the year. And uh, starting a new thing with that, uh, another season, season six anyway. So um, thank you guys uh, for bearing with us. And we just wanted to make sure that we uh, had a couple of uh, quality episodes, this being one, uh, to finish out 2021 and uh, look to the future in 2022. So um, with that said, uh, let's uh, get this going. Again, we're talking about the new documentary that's come out called A Storm Comes Rolling Across the Plain. It's about abolition. It's about Oklahoma. When you think about abolition in Oklahoma, you think about Brett Baggett here. So um, that's the, that's what who we got on today. This is going to be awesome. Great documentary. So let's get into it. Brett, thank you so much. It was such a privilege to uh, meet you. I didn't know anything about you until I walked up to the founders uh, conference desk back when we were at the Southern Baptist annual meeting and shook your hand. You were a sharp dressed guy and had on your three-piece suit. So you distinguished yourself then, but let me allow you just to introduce yourself to the folks that we get to uh, have listened to us on the podcast and tell us about yourself, your family, your ministry, and, and some of your background. Sure. Well, I'm a 35-year-old man who lives in Muskogee, Oklahoma. I'm one of the elders of a Reformed Baptist church here in Muskogee that we planted uh, ten about ten and a half years ago, and I'm the husband of one wife. I've got five kiddos, and I give a majority of my time to preaching, to training men, 
and then to doing everything that I can to work to love my pre-born neighbor as myself. So I'm the preaching pastor. I do a majority of the preaching at our local church. And then we have something that we call Shepherd School, which has morphed from our pastoral training that we do at our local church. And it's broadened outside of just our local church. So we have other men from other parts of the state of Oklahoma who come and are trained for some of them for pastoral ministry, some of them just to be small group leaders, but every one of them to be more faithful husbands and fathers in their home. So that's a majority of my time is given to those things, to preaching, training men, and trying to love my preborn neighbor as myself. I have yes. to say, I am always impressed, Brett, when you have um, great Puritan authors that you share the books that you are reading from older, uh, yes, old men who are dead and long gone, but mm -hmm. whose words are mortalized because they exalt the Savior Christ the Lord. I'm always encouraged and challenged by seeing your, your reading list and the books behind you aren't just for decoration. You've read them. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, just, yeah, just as uh, Hebrews 11 says, we've got a great cloud of witnesses. Right. Um, and that really gets down into uh, the, the nitty gritty with what we want to talk about. We have a great cloud of witnesses that we can go back in time to and really not that far. And so when we're talking about abolition, um, there has been many kinds of abolition. It's not just with abortion as uh, we're doing today. There was abolition in the past. And so I'm sure um, that you have read a lot um, from Wilberforce. And I mean, Charles Spurgeon was another one um, that was a uh, really into abolitionism in England and all that stuff at the time and, and stuff like that. So we have this great cloud of witnesses. And so, yeah, it is a wonderful, I, I like watching, looking at all your books. I kind of salivate a little bit and I'm looking at your picture right now with all your books and just going, yeah, that's awesome. I got my little, little collection of books there, but man, that looks impressive with all the gold on them anyway. So, um, but it's, it's wonderful. Um, you know, you're, you're, you, you basically just explained yourself as, you know, you qualify as an elder, you're an elder of your church, you're leading men, um, you know, Ephesians 4 states that um, we've been given pastors and teachers and all that for the equipping of the saints, so the saints can do ministry as well, so nobody gets out of doing ministry, um, right. and, and so you're, you're doing that, and so that's what, you know, whenever we funnel this down into the particular of uh, abolition that's what you're doing and training people to uh know the truth about what reality is revealed and then that you know goes into okay what is a who is a human what is a human what does god say about it what does man say about it which one trumps who and so you get to this abolition issue um you're training your your congregation um to uh to go out and you know in different ways you know go to the abortion mills um go to the state and speak um, adopt kids, uh, train people to repent and then walk through that with them and, and walk through the repentance and serve them to keep their children, to love their children, all that stuff. And so that's what we're hearing about, because this is funneled down even more particular into a documentary. Um, so uh, just kind of describe the uh, sort of outline of uh, what you did with the documentary. Sure. So in 2010, in Norman, Oklahoma, there was a small group of guys, one in particular, who really started studying into the abolition of slavery. And what he realized rather quickly was that there's parallels for what they were working with in the abolition of slavery 
because really what they were seeking to do was to bring about a formal end to this great evil practice of chattel slavery in England. So he's reading about Wilberforce and then starts reading about the guys in the 19th century, later in the 19th century, that were working for the abolition of slavery in America. And then they form a group together because they realize this is what we should be laboring to do when it comes to the abortion holocaust where now it's 62 million of our pre-born neighbors have been slaughtered under cover of law and so for the past decade abolition as it applies to abortion has grown in oklahoma and it's spread to where now it's spreading throughout the entire world so we even have abolitionist societies in northern ireland different places like that that it's reach it's reaching across the states and it's reaching across the world to where christians are actually thinking biblically about this great evil and seeking not to regulate abortion but seeking to abolish abortion so the, the documentary tells it's part narrative so it's showing how the abolition movement has grown in the state of oklahoma over the past decade but it's also teaching what abolitionism is Mm -hmm. so it goes through the five tenets of abolition teaching and instructing we it's saturated with scripture biblical thinking and biblical application of this is what god says therefore this is how we must act this is what christ has done for us therefore this is how we must love our neighbors as christ has loved us and so it's it's telling a narrative a story of what god has done in waking up his church specifically in oklahoma in -hmm. the past decade but it's also seeking to instruct and then exhort Mm. all those to bend the knee to christ and actually act biblically and act like jesus is actually our savior and lord when it comes to how we engage this abortion holocaust Amen. do me a favor real quick and remind everyone who is listening to the podcast or watching this on youtube where can they purchase or rent the documentary again so you can go to a storm comes rolling.com a storm comes rolling.com so the title of the documentary is A Storm Comes Rolling Down the Plain. Just Why like that the old title? Oklahoma, just like the old Oklahoma song from originally from the Oklahoma Broadway musical, Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. Yeah. And so I guess we, I thought of tornadoes coming down the, uh, yeah. <laughs> on the plane there in Oklahoma. Yeah. And so, so rather than a wind comes sweeping down the plain, this documentary, since it's centered on what God has done in the state of Oklahoma primarily, it's a storm comes rolling down the plain because the abolitionist storm has just built and built and built. It was a light rain at first and then a crackle in the distance and then you know, it builds to where it's a full on storm of thousands of abolitionists. And really all abolitionism is Christians actually acting like the Bible's true. And yeah, Christians actually acting like Jesus is king when it comes to how we combat great evils in our yeah. culture. That's all. Yeah, I and I really, to. yeah. And I really like uh, just you can, your, your cadence on that. Cause that's, you know, I shared uh, an image uh, a meme from uh, that somebody shared from the video uh, where, you know, I forgot 
who it is in the in the in the film, but he's like, you know, he's saying the same thing. Like, if we act, like, should we engage the world as if Jesus is actually on his throne? Mm-hmm. You know, I share that. You know, I get likes on, you know, like, you know, I had I just had a motorcycle wreck. You know, I had like a hundred people like, you know, caring and you know, harding and liking um just me just going, you know, God spared me, it's all good. They like that. They mm-hmm. like the, you know, they they cared whenever I had to share that, you know, I had to say goodbye to my dog and all that kind of stuff. But then I share something that's like we should actually uh, you know, approach culture saying that Jesus Christ is Lord and is on his throne. It's like yeah, I'll just thumb through that, you know, and I, I'm not trying to be dramatic and go, nobody liked what I shared or anything like yeah. that. But I think, you know, even though it's not probably the best um, telling the best measure to kind of see where people are um, still, it's like, okay, you like, you like my personal life. Um, you like maybe a joke that I can share and stuff like that, but do you love my Jesus? Mm-hmm. And I know you're my brothers and sisters and I know you love Jesus. And I, I, I'm not trying to be like, you know, share this or Jesus won't bless you kind of a thing. But, it, you know, it's like, you know, why aren't we sitting there just like promoting, you know, Christ's lordship, you know, even if it's just a little simple meme and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, there, there's a little bit of a, a, a telling in that. But I, lo- I love that cadence. So, you know, abolitionists are saying Jesus is Lord and uh, you should, too. And then what does that entail? And then that's the debate right there. So, yeah. so Brett, I am certain that the documentary um, in your mind, obviously you've communicated that the movement began in about 2010. When did you really start to notice the storm uh, rolling and what sparked the idea to do the documentary and kind of what was your uh, story when it came to recording it, to putting it together. Share with us just a little bit about how all that came into fruition. I'm, I'm very interested because when I ran into you there in Nashville, you had one of your, um, one of the individuals who's recording it was there. And so tell me a little bit about that whole process and how that came about. Yeah. So when this abolitionist, these guys in Norman back in 2010, once they started pumping stuff out there, I remember seeing it very early on And my initial thought, I didn't really understand the difference between the pro-life movement and what they stand on and what they do and abolition. I didn't understand the difference at that point or the Mm. distinctions that need to be made. I just thought these guys were super pro-life and just unafraid to say the truth and say, you know, what we should do about this. And I was like, man, these guys are legit. They're not scared to just say, hey, we're murdering babies. We need to make it illegal. So I bought the shirts and ordered stickers and drop cards and things like that. But it wasn't till much later that God really woke me up to where I would actively get involved in it. So that wasn't until even the beginning of 2019 is, Mm. is when I started getting actively involved to work to abolish abortion more than just like sharing a Facebook post or, you know, talking to people about it here and there. In 2019 is when God kicked me and I got engaged in it. And so the storm's really been building for a while, but it was at the beginning of 2019 that God woke a lot of us pastors up. And so we've been laboring now for, you know, almost three years for towards that end. And it was a a little over a year ago that Dusty Devers, a good brother of mine, who's a Southern Baptist pastor here in Oklahoma as well, we're mm-hmm. talking on the phone and just talking about what God is doing and waking people up and people are actually getting involved legislatively 
and they're getting involved at the abortion mills and preaching the gospel yeah. and trying to rescue babies and so that sinners would be saved. So Dusty and I are talking and he says, bro, we need to make a documentary. Hmm. To tell the story of what God has done in Oklahoma and we can teach and help people understand the failure and the hypocrisy and how unbiblical the pro-life movement actually is and then help people understand what the Bible actually says and how we should act, which is, i.e., abolition. Yeah. So Dusty first had this idea and I immediately, yes, let's do that. Let's do whatever we've got to do to make a high quality documentary showing the story and teaching, putting the scripture right in front of people's faces so that their consciences would be bound to the word of God and just trust God with the results. So it was over a year ago that we started filming. We had met Nathan Weiser, who's the director and the videographer of this documentary. He did the filming. He did the editing. And Nathan just worked his tail off this last year to make this happen. Now, Dusty and I both were executive producers, but Nathan did all the filming. So we had met Nathan a couple, maybe a month before when Dusty and I had talked about making a documentary. We go to the abortion clinic in Oklahoma City to preach with some other pastors and to plead for the lives of our neighbors. And this guy... This guy in his like early mid twenties shows up with a nice camera and we don't know who he is. He just shows up. So I think he's probably like some guy who's pro choice or something works for like a news, some kind of news outlet and is coming there to film us crazy pastors preaching at the abortion clinic. That was my first thought. So then he's filming. It's like, this guy's got a really nice camera. And then we start talking to him. He's like, no, I'm an abolitionist. I, and I heard a bunch of pastors were coming out and I wanted to come get some footage of that. So that was awesome. the first time we met Nathan. Cool. And once we had the cool. idea to, to do it, it was, well, who are we going to get to film this? And Dusty and I said, well, let's ask that Nathan guy. Let's see what he thinks about it and see if he's got a portfolio or something. So Dusty reaches out to Nathan and he says, actually, I've been wanting to make a documentary about abolition. And I just was praying about when it could happen. I, it's, I've been wanting to do this. So God just mm. providentially brought us all together. Um, Amen. And it, it just, we've been filming for, we've probably been finished filming for a few months now, but it took probably nine months of capturing mm. the interviews and the different things that we did to make this documentary happen. Yeah. You got a, you got a lot of wonderful interviews and testimonies and the videos, it was, it was, it's very awesome to see um, and hear the stories of people. Um, you know, Blake Gideon um, was a guy that would be equivalent to somebody that I'm talking about here in Missouri mm -hmm. that I'd like to see uh, have the same testimony um, and repentance and, you know, not a gotcha repentance, but a thank you, brother, let's go, yeah. you know, kind of repentance. And then, yeah. you know, you have like a, you know, groups of women coming together. It looks like they were in a Bible study group or mm -hmm. something like that. And they're talking about it. Um, you know, so this is a man, woman, child issue, a uh, cross generation issue. You know, it's it's the people that are outside the womb speaking for the ones inside the womb. And, uh, you know, right. we were all we were all there at one point, you know, and so we're fighting for that. So, yeah, the, those those are wonderful things. But, yeah, yeah, I know that you keep on kind of saying like these guys, these guys, um, you know, I, I know that uh, 
just to, just to link um, people from this podcast um, to free the states. I know that Dusty was uh, and Dusty and Nick were both on there like a couple weeks ago anyway on there. So please right. go check out free the states. Um, you can kind of get the angle from the producer and director and everything um, of the video, or at least the videographer and all that. Um, their, yeah. His sort of story behind that. So that was that was a wonderful, um, you know, there, there's more than just this documentary. You can get into podcasts and stuff like that and like get right. to the guys that put this together. Also, um, you know, because it is free the states that you're talking about. Are you talking yeah. about Russ? Well, yeah. it, it's it's free the states now. They weren't that in, yeah. but yeah, Russell Hunter, Josh yeah. Malone, Aaron Hoffman, Alan Miracle, those uh, those guys and their spouses were some of the first people in Norman. I'm sure I'm leaving other people out, but those were the first yeah. people in Norman. And Russell is today. They started free the states a few years ago, and so free the states. Those are the guys I'm talking about that ignited yeah. the abolition of abortion movement a, over a decade yeah. ago. Yeah. And so they've been in there, you know, and they had me come on to talk uh, about what happened in Missouri with right. the uh, Missouri Baptist, uh, um, the Missouri Baptist annual meeting stuff. And then they produced or they they let me uh, throw up an article on their website for that. So, you know, they, they've been awesome to us here in Missouri. Um, and also, uh, you know, Dusty Devers, he is also part of the uh, Missouri or the Southern Baptist for the abolition of abortion, which, you know, you are, too. And so that's kind of another little uh, catch all. Um, for, you know, outside of just state issues, that is the Southern Baptist issue and, and right. approaching the uh, convention and all that kind of stuff that did get passed convention wise. Yeah. With that yeah. one stinking word alone, yeah. you know, but uh, you know, that that's, that's how that worked out. But you also, um, because this is a rescue those production, talk about right. rescue those real quick, because you do have um, your own sort of brand um of and a thing that you are doing so talk about that so that people know what rescue those is yeah so rescue those is a not-for-profit organization that exists to equip people to think biblically and to act biblically to rescue their pre-born neighbors who are being mm -hmm. led to the slaughter yeah so so we have we produce writing materials we do a conference every year produce teaching and preaching and then we have on our website rescue those.com a lot of good information about how as a christian to approach this abortion holocaust biblically and holistically mm. so holistically meaning we're not just talking about talking to your state reps or your senator about making it illegal in your state which you should we're not just talking about that we're not just talking about going to the murder mills to preach the gospel but we're talking about um, ideologically like, what do you actually think and what do you believe? Mm -hmm. Do you believe what you believe and act how you act based on what God's word says or based on what you think is practical or pragmatic? And what we're mm -hmm. talking about, think about the medicines that you use or don't use and why. Um, are yeah. you using medicines that actually murder babies, yeah. such as every single form of hormonal birth control murders babies? Yeah, eighty-five percent of the time, what we call the pill, hormonal birth control pill, eighty-five percent of the time, the third mechanism of that functions, and it is abortifacient. Only yeah. fifteen percent of the time does the pill actually prevent pregnancy or fertilization from happening. Eighty-five percent of the time, uh, many Christians are still murdering their own children in their wombs mm -hmm. because they haven't thought through what these medicines actually do so we're talking yeah. about all that kind of stuff yeah and so, it holistically. 
Yeah, and I'd like to point our listeners because if you haven't, if they haven't been involved, because like this is going on YouTube, uh, the last couple of things that hadn't been on a part of YouTube, but uh, uh, go to our podcast and I have read and I do have an article on tagyouratministries.org uh, called WWJD Pass Out Condoms, which is a conversation um, about like it was a, from a pro-life, secular minded person. Um, you know, they're, they're going like you should support if you hate abortion, you should be passing this stuff out. And it's like, that's eh, very nuanced. And plus, uh, why should Christians be supportive of the state handing it out or handing it out themselves whenever it supports fornication that we also can't do? So you're like you're talking about this is a comprehensive thing. So mm-hmm. an answer um, we, we talked about Wester's art, uh, article um, that. So basically here in Missouri, we had the pathway conversation where they had a Silverman's um, um, issue and then Wester's issue in the in the issue of the of the Missouri Pathway, which is a newspaper here, and so it's kind of like a point counterpoint abolition mm-hmm. pro life, and you know you get the loaded thing like we need a comprehensive um, plan to abolish abortion, which his comprehensive plan is incrementalism, which is not comprehensive. It's actually yeah. the abolitionist side that's the comprehensive side, and so like what we're talking about here again is another answer to that. Your holistic. Um, rescue those is trying to teach you of the whole worldview, the comprehensive worldview and how we should act um, because we believe um, in the triune God who has spoken um, finally through his son, Jesus Christ. We have the particular and the content of the gospel, the particular and the content of the law, and we have to walk straight and not turn to the right or the left. And um, so I thank you for that. But yeah, there's another, um, uh, there's just, an, there's more that you can go to rescue those. You can go to free the states. You can come to tag your it, um, the NBAA, SBAA. There's nothing but light shown on here and it's available. So that's what I just wanted to add um, that for our listeners. There's tons of resources. There's no excuse at all um, to not know. That's right. You can get equipped very easily. Yeah. But one of the things that I walked away from your documentary thinking about was a need for dialogue and engagement with pro-life advocates. One of the things I think you do so well and the tone of this documentary is done so well in demonstrating a spirit of humility, a spirit of submission to God's word and a desire to winsomely and persuasively appeal to, to fellow believers. And so one of the things that I am very interested in is what has the response been from people like um, you've dealt with Scott Klusendorf and mm-hmm. a few others? How have they responded to the documentary? Have they been gracious and have they come forward? Have you had any types of responses from more pro-life centered folks? And if so, what have those been like? And if not, what what can we do to see that happen? We haven't had any responses from uh, quote unquote bigwigs like Scott Klusendorf or anybody like that. I haven't had any public responses or they haven't responded to us privately, but we have had quite a few people who were, they were introduced to abolition and they knew about it and they would probably say, yeah, I, I'm for that, but maybe not being principled in their stance as far as like, well, being for abolition, for instance, being for abolition would mean you're against incrementalism, which means we're, we're not saying, yes, yes, we want abolition eventually, and we have to take little legislative steps to get there. No, those are all, every one of those quote-unquote steps are unrighteous because in law, they just give people permission to murder their children. And so mm-hmm. that's, that's 
primarily why we reject incrementalism because any kind of regulation on abortion is simply treating abortion like it's a healthcare issue and yeah. the laws that the pro-life movement has been writing for years and years and years regulates simply when, where, how, and why you can murder a baby. And that's an iniquitous decree. That's a sinful decree made by a legislator who actually exists to uphold justice, to defend the weak and the fatherless. Mm -hmm. So we, we've have had people who have, I think come closer to being solid and confirmed in their biblical stance and saying, okay, not just, yes, of course we want abolition, but we abolition and what that means, that is the biblical response. And they've started to see the failure and the hypocrisy, the double speak that happens with the pro-life movement and leaders. And sadly, people who follow the pro-life movement and take their cues from those leaders and which really just takes their cues from the culture and not from God's word. So we haven't had any big wigs, but we've had quite a few people who uh, were kind of maybe on the fringe and have, yeah. I think, been more convinced and they've seen that this is what we should be doing biblically. Yeah. And, uh, you know, now that you say that, you know, that's uh, the question I had um, going into this was because this is going to be helpful to me, the way you answer. Um, what was your like, did you have a relationship prior to Blake Gideon's um, repentance um, that, that he talks about in the film? Like, do you know anything about him? Did you hang out with them and then see how the the change happened because i know he gives you what, what happened but it would be mm -hmm. cool to hear a story from outside of him and watch that so did you have that relationship prior to his repentance okay so some background some context blake yeah. blake gideon is the pastor of first baptist church in edmond oklahoma yeah. edmonds edmonds a big city north oklahoma city metro and edmond first baptist is a huge southern baptist church uh, Blake is the fourth pastor to be at that church in the 125 years mm. of its existence. Yeah. Crazy. So Blake was also the president of the Oklahoma Southern Baptist. It used to be called the Baptist General Convention of Oklahoma. Now they've shortened it to just Oklahoma Baptists. Mm. So Blake was the elected president of Oklahoma Baptist, and he spoke out against the abolition of abortion and mm -hmm. He with some other guys wrote a letter saying they didn't support the bill that we had in Oklahoma that would just make it illegal to kill babies. And he, honestly, he was misled from the pro-life leaders about it. And but he believed what they said and was like, well, I don't want to do harm. And so I think this could do more harm than good. So he spoke out against it, spoke out against abolition, said stay away from it. And then we he did that publicly. So we came back publicly and said he's wrong and he needs to repent because mm -hmm. this is the righteous. This is a righteous bill that would establish equal justice. And then so there was turmoil over that. I did not have a relationship with Blake before that. OK, uh, he was just the president of Oklahoma Baptist, so didn't have a relationship. But he said things. Then some of us made publications and said things saying, no, this is wrong. What he's saying is wrong. He needs to repent to turn from this wicked position saying we should just regulate abortion rather than make it illegal. So yeah. that happened. And then some other meetings happened, some private meetings with other guys that were able to talk to him more. Mm -hmm. And and he started thinking more. 
And then he details it in the documentary of what happened. But man, Blake even told me after the fact, after he repented and he came to stand and say, no, this is what God's word says. Abolitionism is biblical. I don't care what anybody else thinks. This is right. So he repented and made that stance. Mm -hmm. Then we get together and meet and I can't remember the way that he phrased it, but uh, he did not like me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and he thought that I'm pretty sure he thought I was like a, you know, 25 year old guy, like just fresh out wet behind the ears and is saying this stuff like this guy's wrong and he needs to repent. And so he saw that he's like, who the heck is this kid? And, that's you know, one thing, the Brett, that just uh, yeah. continually bothers me. And what I would challenge anyone who is pro-life and tries to assume that generalized dismissal of abolitionists, their mean-spirited, angry folks who are just beating their Bibles, watch the documentary because you actually see the reality is that they are winsome, they are appealing to human being, or they are appealing for the pre-born on the behalf and the authority of God's word and doing so in total submission to that. And that's what I think becomes unfortunately, the dartboard approach of the Christian pro-life is, I'll see these mean folks, we're just gonna, they're just trying to belittle us. And what is so bothersome to me is when they will dismiss, like Brother Gideon did, until he sat down and had a discussion. And I find that even to this day, major pro-life advocates or players are afraid to do that. They don't want to make any of their discussions, any type of public appeal, any type of actual discussion or dialogue. I mean, Dr. Branch stood right in front of you. He could have turned around and talked to you. You are not some nameless guy, faceless guy. He saw you. He's never gone to you since then. And you said nothing that was mean or angry or belittling. It was, in fact, edifying and exhorting, just like we're called to do. Um, your documentary to me demonstrates a fundamental ad hominem that the pro-life movement throws against abolitionists and that's why it's such a powerful film it, at least in my mind and so that brings me kind of to this idea um how would you advise people who are pastors like me uh who are churchmen or uh, elders in training like adam what can we do to make the most of this film and tell us a little bit about your vision for that yeah. So first of all, I would say if if you're listening to this or watching this and you would love your pastor to see this documentary, contact us, email us at rescue those, and I will send you a promo code for your pastor to be able to watch this for free. Mm. And then if you want to show this to your church or you want to show this to your small group or just get a group of people together to watch it, let us know. We don't have any special licensing that we're doing for big group showing. So if you have purchased it, you can show it to as many people as you want. I mean, gather a bunch of people together in your house or at your church building or whatever it may be. Get it out there as best you can because we want people to see this because we think it, it does a faithful job of arguing biblically mm. and showing just real life examples of how we should be fighting this abortion holocaust and working towards the abolition of abortion. Thank so you for if that. You, if you got somebody you know that they're probably not going to buy it or rent it, but you really want them to see it, 
contact us and let us know and we'll work with you because we want people to be able to see it. We're not, we didn't do this to make money. Uh, none of the rescue those board gets paid a dime. Everything that we do is volunteer basis. The, if any profit ends up coming in from the documentary, all that we are doing at rescue those is putting that right back into making future progress projects to yeah. help bring about change and put the scripture in front of people's eyes. All right. Thank you for uh, letting us know that we'll get the word out too, because it's the, like, again, like Dave is saying, this is a very powerful documentary if you're willing to listen. And if you're willing not to just sit there and just be like, okay, I'm going to get through this thing and then never change my mind. But uh, just, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's very powerful. Um, like Dave's saying, it's, it's done in the right tone because we got, you know, we do live in an age where you do have a lot of tone police going on and, you know, you went out of your way um, to just drop, hopefully drop all the defenses. And, you know, it's to be able to watch this and just listen to the other people, especially again, Blake, Blake is what like hit me the hardest. Cause I'm like, how do I get to yeah. a guy like him to see that? Because ultimately like, we're not mad. Yeah. We're going to attack it with the truth. Um, what is evil. And that's going to be taken like, oh, you're just a mad dude. And I mean, you know, Brett, like you do look young. <laughs> so, you know, you're, you're a good looking dude. So, but yeah, the, the thing is, though, that shows that we are definitely locked in a battle of bad faith from the outset when we're talking to each other. And that's what's sad. That's what, you know, I've, I've tried to expose in a couple of conversations. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm not approaching people in bad faith, but I am going to ask questions to then, you know, try to, if can I talk reasonably with you or not? And then I'm going to point out, here's the point where I can't talk reasonably with you because you're not being reasonable. Mm -hmm. And uh, then that that's whenever the bad faith fighting comes in. I'm like, I don't want to have that. I don't want the name calling. I just want you to be able to answer, especially with the incrementalist. I, you know, if there's any incrementalist out there, I want them to at least acknowledge the fact that they're okay, that they are fighting injustice with injustice. That's what it is. So are you going to be reasonable with me, at least to be honest, reasonably about your position? And then I can continue to talk, but that's kind of where it drops. And then the name calling starts and the, I don't trust the abolitionists. And I'm sitting here like, how, again, do we get a guy like Blake Gideon that was, you know, great intentions and everything, wanting to care for people, but he was just so blinded to the fact that you you know, we, we can't murder and then we can't put in iniquitous decrees and we mm -hmm. have to walk down a straight and narrow. Like there's two things that are blocking us in here mm -hmm. and we've got to walk that way. And that's right. what I want to see, um, you know, pastors and legislators here in Missouri. I want to see this documentary made about Missouri is, is kind of like where I'm going yeah. with that. So, but yeah, well, that's like a good tool to try to reach pastors and, or anybody that's like Blake Gideon was like all of mm -hmm. us were at some point. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Is oh, showing yeah. this documentary and mm -hmm. hopefully it'll help them see. I mean, we go into the realities of what pro-life mm -hmm. laws actually do. And we actually highlight those all pro-life law does is say you can't murder your baby unless you do this. Like one of the laws passed last year was you can't murder children unless you have a license from the state. Mm -hmm. So they think it's going to lower abortions when in fact abortion reported abortion numbers have gone steadily up in Oklahoma mm. from 2015 to 2018. They've wow. risen. It's because pro-life regulations don't establish justice. 
They're not yeah. a step towards abolition. No, they delay the protection of our pre-born neighbors because every time they're submitted, they are substitutes for true justice that would protect all human beings under law. They're always substitutes. They always delay justice and yeah. they're iniquitous decrees that allow children to be murdered under cover of law. So we, hire, we highlight the exact laws even that are passed and show how they're evil in God's sight because they say you can kill babies. You yep. just have to jump through these hoops first. Yeah. So we go and through that. The, we go through real stories. We show Heather, who you'll you'll just have to watch the documentary yeah. to see Heather's story, but it's a, a great story of redemption in Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The the law was applied, and then the gospel was applied. That's Without right. the law being applied, what is the gospel? Mm -hmm. And if we yeah, so if there is no law, there is no gospel. Then what are Christians doing? You mm -hmm. know, we're just floating through the ether just along with everybody else you know we're just quote unquote loving one another but there's no standard for what that love actually is it's just yeah. whatever i think is loving which yeah. is what secular humanists have been doing for a long time and it's just sad that a lot of professed christians are doing that same kind of thing it's like it's about love bro it's like well how yeah. do you define what is loving <laughs> by what standard <laughs> Oh, there it is. Brett, <laughs> there, there. Brett, I know you are, you've been so gracious with your time. I want to focus in here kind of on the end piece of the documentary. While the credits are rolling, I see uh, Pastor Bill standing up at the mm -hmm. Southern Baptist annual meeting, uh, mm -hmm. reading his great speech that was delivered powerfully and compellingly and winsomely and persuasively. And it's the resolution that was passed. Mm -hmm. Praise God. Yeah. You end on that note. Mm -hmm. Why do you end at that note? And what should maybe fellow Southern Baptists or abolitionists who have maybe their foot in the Southern Baptist, like, what should we be taking away from that? I think what we should be taking away from that, at least from our perspective, is that though the abolition of abortion movement started in Oklahoma a decade ago, it is spreading. And it has been spreading as the word of God always spreads, because all abolitionism is, is saying, let's be biblical when it comes to the abortion Holocaust. And so all true believers in Christ hear these arguments and say, this is what God says. This is what God says. This is what God says. And true believers who are not backslidden or aren't being stubborn because they don't want to have to change their mind about something they're going you know what that's right that is that is consistent with the bible and so we're just seeing that spread across the states and even to the point to where at the southern baptist convention in 2021 in june in nashville we present a very robust resolution saturated with scripture submitting to Christ, saying, this is what is right. This is what we should do to love our neighbors as ourselves. This is how we should rescue the weak and the needy. That gets presented. The resolutions committee keeps it from coming to the floor. And so then we have to ask, Bill stands up and asks for all of the messengers to vote to bring it out of committee because the committee didn't want to bring it out. And then more than two thirds voted, bring it out of committee so we can see it and discuss it and vote on it. 
Then the next day, after it's brought out of committee, that passed overwhelmingly, it's brought out of committee, everyone gets to read it, looks at it, and then in the, the debate portion of that, we've got no-name, small church guys like myself. Um, I'm trying to think of who else actually got to argue. Bill got to argue, and then a couple of other people that got to argue for the truthfulness of the resolution. And then the guys who argued against are an ethicist professor from a Southern Baptist seminary, um, someone who is higher up at the Ethics and Religious Liberties Commission for Southern Baptists. So like guys that have name and reputation and positions and all that kind of stuff. And you know who the Southern Baptists voted with? Not the ethicists, not the ERLC. They voted with the small, no-name people that they didn't even know who any of us were. Why? Because we were arguing from the Bible and not arguing from, well, we can't change our position. We've been doing this for 50 years. We can't do this. We've got Road to Row 50 coming up in a couple of years that we've got to promote and do a circuit and whatever it may be. So rather than saying, you know what, this is biblical, it's like, no, 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 we are super pro-life. That was the argument. And all yeah. the road to row 50 is going to do is say, look how much ground we've taken back. Look how much. Yeah. And not, and all the while not repenting yep. for the sin of allowing and legalizing murder. And promoting yeah. regulations that simply mm-hmm. tell people when, where, and how they can offer their children on the altar of Molech. Yeah. yeah, that's all that. And again, like what, but what you up. just said there is not being admitted. And that's why we can't have the conversation. That's the question right. that I had asked. And I'm like, so when you do this, isn't it this? Isn't it, you know, whenever you say over here, you can murder, over here, you can't. Is that, and I'm just trying to, to ask the question Does that give permission to the women and the men and the abortionists and the companies, whatever? that gives them permission to do it over here. And I was told no. And I'm like, I can't talk to you now. And you know, the, the sad, that's the sad thing is like, you can't own your position. Mm-hmm. We can own our position. And we understand that, you know, if given a, a piece of paper that says, you know, save these babies, but not these babies. And there's nothing else to be given. Like we have to say, no pass because you're holding us into, well, you're guilting us for one saying, Mm -hmm. okay, we won't kill these babies right here, but you're also telling me I have to then sponsor a a bad decree. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, what you're doing is you're holding me prisoner. You're holding me a slave. You're not giving me the right that I have to express my faith. And you're holding my faith in a prison. Like they don't, you know, and it's like, and other Christians don't believe, like they don't see that they're in a prison when they're doing this. And so again, I'm not mad. It's a very pitiful situation that I just want to, uh, we should be free from. And then it's one of those things like we see in the old Testament, the fullness of the blood fills up the cup and then God pours out wrath and then he has justice on people. So we're not even acting like there is eternal justice either. Like we're not like, there are so many things that we're not being consistent with. And, you know, I'm talking like from family members that I know aren't believers. They're telling like, they're telling me, like, they look at me and they see something different. They're like, this 
you know, it sounds like you are trying to keep people in check and you're trying to keep yourself in check, but all these other people that I see, you can't like, they, they, like these people I'm talking about, they would be for abolition as well, though, not from a Christian standpoint, but they're pointing out like the Christian leadership isn't being consistent with what they're preaching. And I'm like, amen. I, I'm, I agree with you, even though you need Jesus Christ too, <laughs> they need to follow Jesus Christ. And so it's like a big, bad situation, but yeah, I just want, I want to continue to point out, they don't see what you just said. They don't yeah. see it as, as giving permission because they are only yeah. seeing their half, our victory, our victory, our victory. And it's like, that's no, that's not a victory. Our victory in regulating abortion is 62 million babies destroyed. And those are the reported numbers. Yeah. Since 99, Levin Norgestrel, Plan B, and RU486, which are chemical abortions, those were approved by the FDA. And I think they were exactly approved by the FDA because they knew, the abortion industry knew they had to get cleverer at how to kill babies. Because and they can be delivered to your home now. Yeah. Now under the Biden administration, I mean, they already could be delivered to your home. Now it's much easier. But since 2014, you could walk into Walmart, CVS, any kind of pharmacy and buy Levin Norgestrel, which is plan B, which is you take it within the first 72 hours and murder your baby. That mm -hmm. You don't even have to have a prescription for that anymore. And the mm -hmm. reason those kind of things are readily accessible now and the reason the FDA under the Biden administration just this month in December of 2021 said that now you can get abortion pills in the mail to murder your children up to 13 weeks. Mm. The reason that's happening is because of pro-life regulations that we've not made it illegal to kill babies. We've said, no, you can only kill these babies because we want to try to save some, but you can only kill these. Those half measures regulations those iniquitous decrees have driven the abortionists and those who want abortion on demand it's driven them to have to get smarter and clever at how to murder babies and now you can mail it to the home because mm -hmm. of regulations we've tried to yeah. like close in on them and they've said all right we've got to figure out then how we can murder babies more easily to where they can't regulate it they can't count it even yeah, so yeah. send the pills to the home Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Dave, Dave, to go back to your original yeah. question, I'm sorry. No, no, go uh, for it, brother. That's my I, fault too. We we no. included that in the credits to show that abolitionism, because it's biblical, is spreading. Amen. Because yeah. God has promised that his word will not return void. Love it. It mm -hmm. will accomplish Amen. that which he sends it forth to accomplish. And so I think that's what we're seeing with the abolitionist movement growing. It's because the pro-life movement is not founded on the word. It's not centered on the gospel. It doesn't trust in the Lord's providence and seek mm -hmm. to be obedient. It's about pragmatism, but abolition is about providence and doing our duty and trusting the Lord and preaching the gospel, submitting to Christ. It's a church-driven movement, not through a parachurch ministries like Amen. the pro-life movement is. Amen. So it's growing because it's consistent with the scripture and Jesus loves when his people obey his word. Amen. And so that's, that's why it's growing. And that's why we implore people to please repent with us, turn from taking your cues from the pro-life movement that has just regulated when, where, and how you can kill babies and has led to 60 plus million of our neighbors being slaughtered repent with us 
Stop saying, yes, of course, we want abolition eventually, and start standing firm on the word of God and saying, we only want it to be illegal to kill babies. That's all we're going to call our legislators to do. Yeah. So that's what's just, and that's what's right. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Stormcomesrolling.com, right? Yeah, a stormcomesrolling.com. And it's one of those things, remember what he said, if you um, want to share this with your your elders, if you want to have your small groups at your churches uh, meet and watch this, please contact, it's rescue those, like what's your email to contact you at? Rescue those at gmail.com. Okay, rescue those at gmail.com. Just say, hey, um, I got I got a small group and I want to have them watch it. You know, they'll, he said that he would uh, hook you up with an awesome uh, promo code that you can type in and uh, you got it. They'll download it. I think it's Vimeo um, that it's on. It's easy. It'll, you'll keep it and then you can view it anytime you want, stream it from whatever device you want. There's again, there is no reason. There is no excuse. There is only knowledge to be had. Um, So Christ is filling the world with his knowledge. There's nothing but hope. Jesus is ruling and reigning till all his enemies are put underneath his feet. The last one being death. And then he hands over the keys to the father. So there is only hope to be had in this time now. So again, like instead of viewing things so pessimistically, let's view things with right judgment. So not judging by appearances, as Jesus says, but, you know, let's judge with right judgment. And that is God's covenantal word that he has spoken to us and he has given us promise upon promise upon promise. It can be traced back from the garden where he said that he would send a snake crusher and he did send that snake crusher. And now that snake crusher is enthroned in heaven interceding for his people. So he's praying for you. Get that. He's praying for you. He prayed for you in the garden before he went to the cross and he continues to pray from the throne in heaven for you, for his church, for all these little babies, for the people that are wanting to kill them. He's saying, He is praying to the Father, stop this, and it's going to happen. And he's called us to preach the gospel, to go, therefore, and make and baptize the nations underneath Christ's command. So, I mean, if I can't get any more post mill right now, I'm preaching. (laughs) You know, it's all it's all good. But this is all promised anyway. So that's all I can I can uh, add to the mix. But, yeah, thank you so much for making this documentary. Thank you so much for all your hard work. Thank you so much for standing up in front of the Southern Baptist Convention. It's been awesome just to see um, everybody uh, working and and the ways that they can work and the gifts that they have. So uh, praise God for your gifts and what he's done in your life. And uh, just uh, pray that uh, this relationship uh, continues and that we see the ending of abortion in the United States minimally, Um, you know, Missouri, Oklahoma, whatever, but that uh, eventually our nation repents, the world repents and that uh, blessings flow from the heavens. Amen. We want to be good with your time, Brett. Thank you again for being on. Appreciate sure. you. And uh, Adam, go ahead and close us on out, brother. If you need to give instructions right. better than I do, please do. <laughs> All right. With that said, this is the Tag Your Podcast. I'm Ray Ray. I'm Dave. And we got Brett. And so Deo. Gloria. Well, yeah.